President Trump signed into law the Right to Try Act. As you will recall, Right to Try is a major priority for the President. He called on Congress to pass it in his State of the Union address. Right to Try gives the over one million Americans who die from a terminal illness every year a new tool to fight and make potentially life-saving decisions about their treatment right here at home. With the President's signature, the federal government joins with 40 states that have taken the innovative approach and approved the right of terminally ill patients to try potentially life-saving drugs. A note about tomorrow's schedule and the President's trip to Texas. While in Houston, he will meet with families of the victims from the tragic school shooting at Santa Fe High School to personally offer his condolences and support. Shortly, the President will host the White House Sports and Fitness Day with a number of activities on the South Lawn, including flag football, baseball, volleyball, golf, soccer, and track. The administration is committed to highlighting the benefits of youth sports and reversing declining participation rates through the development of a national strategy. As the mom of three preschoolers, I support them burning as much energy as possible, and I think sports is a great way to do that. Lastly, a special happy birthday goes out to my nephew, Thatcher, who turns one today. So happy birthday, Thatcher. And with that, I will take your questions. Jonathan. Uh, Sarah, now that Trey Gowdy, who has actually seen all the classified information on what the FBI was doing, uh, says that there is nothing to the allegations that they were spying on the Trump campaign. And in fact, Gowdy says that the FBI was doing exactly what they should have been doing. Given what Trey Gowdy has said, is the president prepared now to retract his allegation that the FBI was spying on his campaign? No, clearly there's uh, still cause for concern that needs to be looked at. Let's not forget that the deputy director of the FBI was actually fired for misconduct. The president's concerned about the matter, and we're going to continue to follow the issue. But Gowdy was in the briefing. He knows what was done, and he is saying that these allegations are baseless. Again, there was no spying on the Trump campaign. Certainly, the president feels that there is cause for concern and it should be looked at. And like I just said, the deputy director of the FBI was fired for misconduct. There are there are I'm not finished. There are a number of things that have been reported on and that show, I think, not just for the president, but a number of Americans, a large cause for concern. And we'd like to see this uh, fully looked into and we'll continue to follow that matter. See, sorry, John, then we're going to keep moving so you guys can see the president. What does Secretary Pompeo need to hear from the North Koreans today at the meeting in New York for the summit to go forward? We're continuing to prepare for the meeting between the president uh, and the North Korean leader. Uh, as the president says, if it happens, we'll certainly be ready. We've got uh, not only the meeting that you just mentioned, Secretary of State Pompeo is meeting with the president uh, currently, and when he finishes that meeting, he'll be headed to New York for dinner tonight, uh, as well as a day full of meetings tomorrow. The uh, advanced team led by Deputy Chief of Staff Joe Hagan met with the North Korean team in uh, Singapore earlier today uh, and again um, expected to do so tomorrow. Uh, and we want to thank our strategic partner in Singapore who's been incredibly generous in agreeing to host the summit. And the President's very appreciative of Prime Minister Lee for all of their efforts. We also uh, have reports back from the DMZ, the U.S. delegation led by Ambassador Sung Kim met with North Korean officials earlier today as well, and their talks will continue. So far, uh, the readout from these meetings has been positive and we'll continue to move forward in them. Think it will take place now in the summit, or is there a denuclearization plan taking shape? The conversation is going to be focused on 
denuclearization of the peninsula. Uh, that's what these ongoing conversations taking place now will be centered on, as well as uh, this summit that would take place in Singapore. And we're going to continue, uh, as long as that is part of the discussion, we're going to continue to shoot for the June 12th and expect uh, to do that. Sir, Zeke? Sir, uh, two questions for you. First, I North Korea. Uh, in addition to the, the, the nuclear program, that uh, North Korea also maintains other weapons of mass destruction, chemical and biological weapons. Does the president intend to raise those in a summit with Kim Jong-un? Uh, I'm not going to get ahead of all of the topics that may come up. The priority focus uh, that we have discussed and that are in the ongoing conversations at the with the Secretary Pompeo as well as at the DMZ are focused on the denuclearization of the peninsula. But certainly, I think a number of topics are likely to be discussed at the and summit. Francesca, sorry, I'm just going to do one question today. Francesca. Thank you, sir. Uh, I, I do have I do have two, if you'll indulge me quickly. Number one, going back to... I'm going to do to, one question a day so I can try to get as many people as possible before the sports day okay, starts. I'll, I'll make it all one question. <laughs> uh, on North Korea and the possible summit, uh, can you tell us what your deadline is at this point for deciding whether or not that will or will not happen? And on a completely separate topic, Kim Kardashian is supposed to be at the White House today. Can you tell us a little bit more about that, who she plans to meet with? It's been reported that she'll be meeting with Jared Kushner as well as President Donald Trump. Uh, she is expected to be here at the White House. I can confirm she'll be here. We'll keep you posted uh, on any meetings that take place and what those look like. In terms of North Korea, as I've said, we are preparing and expect that to take place on June 12th, and we'll be ready if it does on June 12th, and if it's not, then we'll be ready if it takes place on July 12th. Right here. Is not living up to the president's expectations. If he is so frustrated with him, why doesn't he just fire him instead of sort of nursing this grievance so publicly? Look, the president's made uh, his viewpoint very clearly known, and I don't have any personnel announcements at this point. Stephen? The president said during his right to try legislation signing that drug makers will soon be announcing what he called a voluntary massive drop in their prices. Is there anything more you can tell us on exactly when this is going to happen and how widespread this massive drop in prices will be? Yeah, I can't give any other details at this point, but we do expect some specific policy pieces to come out on that soon. Kelly. Has the president spoken to Roseanne Barr, who we know has been a longtime friend of his, and why did he choose to address the ABC apology instead of the underlying issue of concerns about a racist uh, comment that she tweeted out? Uh, I'm not aware of any conversations that have taken place. Uh, the president simply calling out the media bias. No one's defending what she said. The president is the president of all Americans, and he's focused on doing what is best for our country. And you can see that uh, in the actions that he's taken. You can see where he's focused on unemployment being at the lowest since 2000, opportunity investment zones to encourage investment in underserved communities, an opioid initiative to combat a crisis that impacts all Americans. And today the president signed legislation to give patients the right to try a medication that could actually save their lives. And I'd point out that while the president signed that legislation and actually addressed America, two networks chose not to cover it and instead covered something totally different in palace intrigue, a massive piece of le legislation that had bipartisan support that was uh, life-changing, literally life-changing for millions of Americans. Two networks chose not to cover the president's remarks on that.
that. He's simply pointing out the bias. The president's pointing to the hypocrisy in the media, saying that the most horrible things about this president, uh, and nobody addresses it. Where was Bob Iger's apology to the White House staff for Jamel Hill calling the president and anyone associated with him a white supremacist? To Christians around the world for Joy Bear calling Christianity a mental illness? Where was the apology for Kathy Griffin going on a profane rant against the president on The View after a photo showed her holding President Trump's decapitated head? And where was the apology from Bob Iger for ESPN hiring Keith Olbermann after his numerous expletive-laced tweets attacking the president as a Nazi and even expanding Olbermann's role after that attack against the president's family? This is a double standard that the president is speaking about. No one is defending her comments. They're inappropriate, but that's what the point that he was making. Sarah. Matthew. Does the White House have any evaluation uh, of its own of the recently released study estimating that more than 4,600 people died in Puerto Rico as a result of Hurricane Maria? And if that number is accurate, uh, does this indicate the administration's response to the storm was inadequate? But the president takes the situation in Puerto Rico extremely seriously, and the administration has been monitoring that from the beginning. We've been supportive of Governor Rosello's efforts to ensure full accounting and transparency, and those who have suffered from this tragedy deserve nothing less than that. The two Category 4 hurricanes that hit Puerto Rico were historic, and we've responded with the largest FEMA operation in history, and we're going to continue to work with the people of Puerto Rico and do everything we can to be helpful. Emerald? Sorry, one question. Do you have any concerns or fear any risk in pushing China on, continuing to push China on these tariffs and trade, considering their relationship with North Korea ahead of talks and what the president has said about that second meeting between President Xi and, uh, and Kim Jong-un? Uh, the, the president continues to have a good relationship with President Xi, but what the president's concerned about is making sure he stops the unfair trade practices that China is engaged in for decades, stopping the intellectual property theft that China has been engaged in, and making sure that we no longer allow China to play on a different playing field than the rest of us. He's not going to allow American workers to be taken advantage of. He's going to call that out, and he's going to step up and make those changes. At the same time, we're continuing to work with China and continuing to have conversations when it comes to North Korea, and we hope that those will continue. John? Thank you, sir. Given the turbulent political situation in Italy right now, is the administration monitoring it as well as the devastating effect it appears to be having on the markets in southern Europe? And will the president consider strong intervention in that situation through the IMF, very much as the previous administration did with Greece two years ago? Italy is one of our closest allies, and we look forward to continuing to work closely with the new government after it's formed. We recognize that Europe is composed of free nations that, in the great tradition of Western democracy, are able to choose their own paths forward. I don't have anything about the United States-specific involvement, but certainly we're continuing to monitor that and uh, stay in very close touch with our allies. Jennifer. Uh, on a scale, the extension ends again soon. When do you think you'll have an announcement on what will happen next, and is there any chance that there will be another extension? Uh, we'll certainly keep you posted as we get closer to that date. Mara? Yeah, could you just clarify the, the comments about Craig Abbey? You said there's still cause for concern 
meaning about the what the president says was a spy who infiltrated his campaign or cause for concern in general about the FBI? I think both. The president still uh, has concerns about whether or not uh, the FBI acted inappropriately having people in his campaign. Uh, and certainly the president has uh, concerns about the overall conduct of the FBI uh, when it comes to this process. Well, Blake. Explain who was in the campaign. Who, what is he referring to when he said they were in the campaign? What does that I, I, mean? Again, I'm not going to get into those details, but the president certainly has expressed very publicly his concern, as has his outside counsel. Blake. Appear to have happened on trade because last weekend, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin said the trade war was on hold. Fast forward a few days after that, there was the threat of tariffs now on auto imports. Fast forward a few days after that, there's now going to be this $50 billion in tariffs. So, what exactly happened from the trade war being on hold to a week later now it appears that? Trade war I didn't say it was on hold indefinitely. Uh, and look, the president ultimately makes the decisions on trade, and when he does, we announce them, and that's exactly what's taking place in this process. Sarah, yes, sir. Two things. First, I have my young colleague here, but he has a very interesting question. I Welcome. Uh, I just want to know how confident does the president feel uh, that he's going to have an, an agreement on NAFTA before the summer? Uh, look, we're continuing to have those negotiations, and we'll keep you posted if the, they get a deal finalized. And the, the young colleague in the back? Well, thanks for the compliment. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> hopefully these aren't as tough as bring your kids to work day questions. In my school, we, we recently had a lockdown room. One thing that, that affects mine and other students' mental health is to worry about, about the fact that we or our friends could get shot at school. Specifically, can you tell me what the administration has done and will do to prevent these senseless tragedies? I think that uh, as a kid and certainly as a parent, there is nothing that could be more terrifying for a kid to go to school and not feel safe. So I'm sorry that you feel that way. Uh, this administration takes it seriously. And the school safety commission that the president convened is meeting this week, again, an official meeting uh, to discuss the best ways forward and how we can do every single thing within our power to protect kids in our schools and to make them feel safe and make their parents feel good about dropping them off. Amen. Sarah, Sarah uh, you mentioned Bob Iger a moment ago and, and asked where is his apology to the White House for criticism of the president uh, and some of the incidents that you cite. Has anyone at the White House uh, been in touch with Bob Iger or anyone at ABC on those incidents in specific and the cancellation of the Roseanne program uh, specifically as well? Uh, I'm not aware of any specific or direct conversations. Andrew. Dollarization of the Korean Peninsula being the subject of discussion, the main subject of discussion in Singapore. Um, does that include the positioning of uh, U.S. nuclear bombers and submarines that aren't necessarily on the peninsula but cover the peninsula, as it were? I'm not going to get into the details or negotiate that here. Uh, certainly our focus is going to be on uh, total denuclearization of the peninsula and verifiable confirmation of that. Uh, beyond that, I can't get into any you're, details. You're, you're talking about North Korea, though, not U.S. weapon systems. Right? Correct. Yeah. Sarah. Last question, Sayer. Sarah, has the president received any classified briefing on the details that of the intelligence that were presented to Trey Gowdy? And if he still believes that there's cause for concern, why doesn't he just declassify the documents? Uh, the president receives a number of classified briefings, uh, but I'm not going to get into those, certainly uh, not here and not today. Sarah, Thanks so much, guys, and we look forward to seeing you guys here in a few minutes at the uh, Sports Fitness Day. Sarah, what are the president's apologies for things that he said over the
Hi there, everyone, and welcome to The Briefing Room. I'm ABC News Political Director Rick Klein, and we've missed you. It's been a while, guys, since <laughs> we've had the, had the pleasure of having a briefing. Joined here by Devin Dwyer and Catherine Falders. We'll get John Carl, who was just in The Briefing Room, in, in a moment. But yes, it's been a while since briefing, so there's a whole lot of topics to cover. And I want to start with one that, that broke yesterday. The first time that we heard from a Republican who was part of those classified briefings last week, that the FBI was explaining uh, the, the information that launched the initial investigation into Russia and Russian meddling. Almost at the same time that this interview with Trey Gowdy was appearing on TV, President Trump was out there once again talking about how they had infiltrated his campaign, talking about Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. Trey Gowdy blew that out of the water yesterday. He said he didn't see anything inappropriate. Devin, uh, the White House on the defensive a little bit today. John Carl leading off the questioning. What do you make of how they're handling this? Well, you know, Republicans have been conspicuously silent uh, since the president's been leveling these accusations, but the Friday meeting with the Justice Department where they saw this classified information about this alleged FBI informant uh, really was was a moment, you know, of truth for the for Republicans. The president said it was very easily going to show uh, that his case, his allegations were correct. Uh, and as you said, Rick, this was a bombshell last night on Fox News. Not only did Trey Gowdy come out and say that the FBI did the right thing, uh, but you had Judge Napolitano, uh, a prominent Fox personality who the president listens to, say the same thing, called the claim baseless. And when John Carl put those allegations, those responses, those rebuttals to Sarah Sanders today, uh, she basically didn't have a very good answer. She basically said the president still believes what he believes. He still sees this as a cause for concern. But she didn't have any evidence whatsoever to back up the president. Claim. Yeah, and cause for concern is what they're saying now. But but unless there's something else out there, he is just spinning this to, to spin it. I mean, he's talking about it publicly, even though there is nothing in the public record that, that anyone has seen, anyone has brought forward to suggest that it's even close to true. Right, exactly. He's totally spinning it. And, and the reporting that started this in the first place wasn't didn't have anything to do with the spy in the campaign. That was the conservative media spin on it, um, which then the president capitalized on. So pretty remarkable that two of his staunchest supporters, Trey Gowdy and Judge Napolitano, who he often quotes on Twitter, are calling this uh, baseless and pretty much throwing cold water on all of this. And intriguing also that the president decides to tweet this morning, Trey Gowdy, a quote, extended quote from Trey Gowdy, but quoting him on Jeff Sessions and the uh, the issue of recusal, and then adding at the end of this, uh, Gowdy saying, well, maybe the president wishes he had chosen a another attorney general. The president says, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> I wish I had. I, and, and we were talking about this a little bit before. I feel, you know, we the president has often been expressed publicly his anger for Jeff Sessions recusing himself from the Russia probe, but coming out and just saying, actually, yeah, I wish I did choose another AG. I feel like that's pretty new, right? And I, and I think we can't lose sight of the big picture here, which Rudy Giuliani shed right. some light on last week and some very, very revealing comments in an interview he gave. He said, the president is pursuing this, pushing this, fanning this as a campaign ploy and as a defense mechanism against the Mueller probe. And so that's why all these little sort of conspiracy theories that you see the president pushing, uh, sort of they bubble up, they burst up, they go away because there's not a lot of raw evidence there to support them. Um, but Giuliani's admission, I thought Rick was striking that this is really about politics. Well, speaking of politics and campaign ploys, the president was uh, on the trail last night in Nashville. I'd say he was in rare form, but he was kind of in the form that you always see him. <laughs> uh, take a look at a little of what the president uh, had to say, his new rallying cry for, 20, for 2018. If you want your communities to be safe, if you want your schools to be safe, if you want your country to be safe, then you must go out and get the Democrats the hell out of office because there's no common sense. MS-13 lover 
Nancy Pelosi. So how do you like the fact they had people infiltrating our campaign? They're going to pay for the wall and they're going to enjoy it, okay? And we could, we could spend the whole show uh, fact-checking all of those claims, but I want to talk to, turn to John Carl, who was in the briefing room a, a moment ago, and the president uh, unfurled a whole lot of straw men and uh, baseless accusations and flat-out falsehoods. Uh, do you get the sense that uh, this is, this is the, the new normal or the only normal we're going to know for 2018? We're going to do a lot, spend a lot of our time uh, fact-checking. What I thought was extraordinary in that briefing is uh, right at the beginning I asked, uh, Sarah Sanders, if the president was going to retract his allegations about spies in his campaign, now that we have heard from one of the Republicans that was in for the classified briefings, who saw all of the evidence about what the FBI was doing in their in their uh, Russia investigation, Trey Gowdy has come out and said that these are baseless uh, allegations. That the FBI did exactly what the American people would have wanted to, the FBI to do, and it had nothing to do with Donald Trump and. So I asked, is the president going to retract those uh, allegations? And, and Sarah said the president still has concerns, still has does, concerns, it, is not willing to back down an inch on any of this, despite the evidence that is there and despite the fact that you have somebody that was not only briefed on this by the FBI, but somebody who has been an ally of this White House, not a, not a political foe, not one of the Democrats that have been beating the war drums on this, but somebody who is on essentially on the president's side saying there's no evidence to this allegation. And it is of a piece, John, uh, with the president uh, creating a reality that simply isn't real. Uh, the, the whole list of things, MS-13 loving Nancy Pelosi, a, a piece of that last night. Uh, Mexico is going to pay for that wall and they're going to love doing it. I mean, these are not true. This is not actually happening. That's the reality that he's trying to paint. It's some of his conspiracy theories, some of it are just baseless accusations. Uh, absolutely, and, and the president's been known to, to do this. And uh, clearly, when it comes with, when it comes to the investigation, we've heard from Rudy Giuliani, his outside counsel, that there's an explicit strategy to erode the credibility of the special counsel in the eyes of the American public. That this is part of that effort to erode the special counsel's uh, uh, credibility, so that when Robert Mueller comes out with his report, if it is damaging in any way to the president. Uh, they will have already undermined the credibility of, of, of the special counsel in the eyes of a good chunk of the American public. But, but it's just odd. I, I have to be, I have to confess, it's just odd to come in to the briefing and to ask, you know, a question that seems pretty basic. You have, again, somebody who has seen the evidence, somebody who is inclined to support the president, say that there was no spying on the Trump campaign and the president continues to make that allegation. I don't know where you go from here. And I think what's troubling to so many of us, John, who are advocates for the facts, I know you're one of those people, is the impact that this seems to be having um, on, on voters, on public opinion of the president. There, there's a lot of evidence that his um, conspiracies, if you will, are sticking. They're swaying people's opinions. And, um, you know, you're a veteran of many campaigns and you are following the Democratic side of things as well. Democrats are sort of scrambling to figure out how to counter this. When he speaks from the bully pulpit, it sort of works. Uh, it does. And in fact, if you looked at that rally uh, in Nashville last night, 
one of the big applause lines was when he went into this thing, this this allegation about uh, about spying. The other ones that Rick mentioned, the you know calling Nancy Pelosi MS13 loving. Uh, again, something that's just not true. I mean, you might have Nancy Pelosi may have a very different idea on how to take on MS-13 and how to deal with immigration, but she doesn't love a murderous uh, gang. It's not that's just not true. But it was a big applause line. These are big applause lines we've seen time and time again. The president loves to feed off the energy of that crowd, and when he feel he's touched a nerve, he's he he, he keeps going with it. And John, before we let you go, I want to move on to the the the, uh, the issue of North Korea. Uh, the, the the top North Korean official on U.S. soil right now going to be meeting later today. We believe in tomorrow with the Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. John, it's a little bit weird because officially, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the summit's still off. The president canceled it. Uh, the, the, he hasn't uncanceled uh, the the cancellation. But John didn't cancel his tickets. John, so yes, he's still coming we don't John's going to Singapore whether there's a summit or not because it's non-refundable. But but. But, John, it is a weird little split screen because uh, it seems like all systems are go, even though officially this isn't on the books. It seems more likely than not. Is that your assessment that this summit happens? Uh, it certainly seems more likely than not. You have, uh, you mentioned the meeting in New York, very significant meeting. But you also have the uh, meetings in Singapore with Joe Hagan, the deputy chief of staff. You also have a third round of meetings uh, at the DMZ with U.S. officials and North Korean officials looking at the uh, the substance of a possible agreement. So you have you have a lot of activity going on. The plans are in place for this summit to happen. But because it is so close, uh, because we're talking about something that uh, uh, that, that is happening, uh, you know, in less than two weeks, anything can throw this off track. So it could it could be derailed still. Uh, the White House hasn't officially put it back on the schedule, but they are calling it an expected summit. That's as close to having it back on the schedule as you can be. So I'm expecting, Rick, that yes, uh, the summit's going to happen. I have not canceled my tickets. Devin can tell you, <laughs> by the way, I believe that uh, I believe that I have non-refundable tickets, so they probably wouldn't do me a lot of good to cancel them in the first place. Uh, but uh, yes, I, I plan to be heading to Singapore. Well, we'll see. You. We'll see you over there, whether you have anything to cover or not. John, John and Carl, thanks for uh, thanks for joining today. Uh, so, th the topic that everyone was talking about for the last 24, 36 hours, um, the president was silent on for a while. Strangely silent. I think a lot of us assumed that he'd uh, he'd tee off at some point. Uh, he didn't mention it at the rally last night, but he did go to Twitter today, and and his first comments about Roseanne, who. Uh, whose show, of course, was was canceled by ABC yesterday. His response wasn't on the substance of Roseanne. He avoided that. Instead, it was criticism of our boss, uh, the, the head of uh, head of Disney, Bob Iger. Uh, he seems to be suggesting that he is owed an apology uh, from from Bob Iger for things that have been said about him on ABC. Oh, right, and he went and Sarah Sanders today went down a laundry list of examples. She said Jamel Hill, Kathy Griffin, Joy Behar on The View um, that have spoken poorly, as right. she said, of the president. Um, but but you're right. He's not commented on the substance. We thought that he probably would during the rally, given how um, he's praised Roseanne in the past. But instead, he's really turning the attention to himself, um, another way to attack what he calls um, the fake news. And that's all we've heard from him. No, no reaction of the substance, just um, upset that he didn't get a phone call. And, and, we, and Sarah Sanders said no one's defending Roseanne here. But it is it is intriguing how the president turns this into the broader argument that he makes against the press in this situation where it's it's hard to defend what I think almost everyone would view as indefensible comments by Roseanne, uh, instead taking the tack of, of attacking the media. 
Right. They, they, they talk about a double standard. We could talk all day about a double standard in both directions with this White House um, in terms of uh, mistakes, accuracy, the facts, presentation. Uh, but what I was struck by, not only uh, have they sort of left the substance of the Roseanne comments alone here, I think Bob Iger's swift cancellation, which shocked everybody in the political world, the entertainment world, left no room, no wiggle room for the president's mm -hmm. supporters to sort of obfuscate the issue at the beginning and the front end. Um, and sort of sucked all the oxygen out of it. And so um, it was very interesting last night to see the president at a campaign rally and not uh, go there. And even a lot of supporters and, and conservative television commentators coming out against this as well, people who he um, speaks to regularly. So again, still shocking that he hasn't reacted to it in any way. And finally, guys, we can confirm that there is a Kim summit happening at the White House today. <laughs> it happens to be Kim Kardashian. Uh, this is a weird one, guys. So hopefully, hopefully you can help unpack a little bit what's going on at the summit. It's about sentencing reform, I'm, but it's a strange cause I'm that's... I'm uh, fascinated by this story. This is uh, a story of Kim Kardashian, who has sort of adopted um, a 62-year-old grandmother who's been in prison, life sentence without parole yeah. for, for on drug charges, uh, adopted this woman's case, seeking a pardon from the president, has befriended Jared Kushner, of all people, who uh, is this White House's advocate for prison reform and has been invited to come and meet. The great irony, of course, is the president thinks that anyone who or has said publicly that anyone who has been a drug dealer should be facing the death penalty. Uh, and here today, his son-in-law, uh, Kim Kardashian, in there talking about a pardon for this woman, um, which, by the way, was an issue that President Obama was a big champion for. Right. I'd, I'll be interested to see if she um, meets with the president in any way. I mean, they, they haven't confirmed that. We don't know right. if that's occurring. but be a good topic of conversation <laughs> based on what he said previously. Yeah, this White House, it uh, never ceases to, no. <laughs> to amaze some uh, surprise uh, visitors and surprise guests. All right, that does it for this edition of The Briefing Room. For Devin Dwyer and Catherine Folders, I'm Rick Klein. We'll be back here next time with another edition of The Briefing Room.